Hello, everybody, and welcome. Today's February 6, 2021. We've got another great show ahead of you today. Bioware is remastering the Mass Effect trilogy. I finally swing into Spider-Man, and Ben plays a new game by Weaver Interactive. I'm one of your hosts, Garrett. I'm Ben. And you're listening to Out of Mana. I'm still loving that song. Oh my gosh, it never gets old. It honestly. never gets old. If you could see us right now, which maybe hopefully someday you will be able to, we'll be dancing in our seats. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were doing a little jig there. <laughs> so, how have you been this past week? I, I've not been too bad. This has actually been a pretty good week. Uh, went pretty smooth. Work was good. Driving was good. Everything has been pretty good. And now I've set up a 401k, so I'm pretty stoked. There we go. I was gonna say uh, this has been a pretty normal week. And also really fast. I, I feel this, like we were just here a couple days ago. This week sped by pretty pretty decently, yeah. Well, I can't complain. So you got your 401k set up? I got my 401k set up, and I'm very happy. You're adulting. Wow. Wow. I'm an adult now. I'm a big kid now. I pulled my big boy pants and <laughs> got my 401k all 7% of it. I'm super happy. It's funny you mention that, because just a couple days ago, I was looking into the 401k Um Cause it's that time of the year. Yeah, because my job sent me like an email. It's like, it's that time. You should do this. I'm like, yeah, you're, you're probably right. I'm getting old. I should probably start thinking getting about old. retirement. I am. I, oh, yeah. As of the last episode, I have turned 27 years old. Garrett had his, his birthday, and we had a good little time. Yeah, we had a nice little dinner. Some fr- fried some chicken. And what, kind of di- what kind of chicken was that? I, I mean, it was chicken breast. I just cut it up and made basically chicken tendies out of it i know but what was the seasoning it was like oh the lemon. seasoning it was it was a garlic parmesan garlic parmesan okay. but obviously i added a little bit of lemon some tang in there and i used my brand new air fryer which i was extremely happy to use yeah you got such a good deal on that thing dude i hey that's the good thing about goodwill I, i've said this in previous episodes you go to goodwill they stock new goods i guess they call them purchase goods they're from target never opened and i got lucky enough to score an unopened air fryer for $50. Man. God, I'm so jealous. Well, I i don't have to be jealous because I get to come over here. And you, you, you can enjoy the benefits of it. And you cook the fine. food for me and I just sit there yeah. and watch. Yeah. <laughs> That's literally how it goes. I, I sit on the couch browsing my phone and Ben and Eric are just cooking something in the kitchen. Yeah. Because I'm borderline useless as far as cooking goes. Garrett, all you, it's, cooking is a skill. All you need to do is learn it. I know, but I'm lazy. Pretend it's RuneScape. Pretend you're getting your cooking skill up. I already have 99 cooking. I don't need no, to go any No, your further. cooking in real life is like five at best. Like you just learned to cook the shrimp you caught in the water. That's good enough. I like shrimp. No, no, <laughs> no. You need to you need to incorporate a little more in there and get that skill up. You need to 99 that. <laughs> it's a work in progress. I'll do it eventually. I really hope so. I'm focusing on other skills right now. Oh, um, <laughs> um, shoot. Okay, where were we? 401ks? Um yeah, I'm going to start mine pretty soon, too. Good, good, uh, dude. I was thinking about, a, like, the in-depth stuff about it, um, but I think I'm just going to... I think I know what I'm going to do now, so start that. We're adulting. Wow. The so sooner exciting. the better, and we're saying adulting, ironically. We don't actually mean that. Yeah, I, I hate that no. word, actually. Yeah, yeah. We're millennials. We love adulting. Oh. <laughs> we barely got old enough to use real words. <laughs> okay. Okay, so let's hop into the um, the biggest news first. Um I didn't play these games. You played some of them. I played Mass Effect 1, and I played Mass. I played part of Mass Effect 2. I never finished it. Just set it down, didn't pick it up again. Okay, yeah, I haven't touched any of them. All I know is that Mass Effect is one of the most beloved sci-fi RPGs out there. 
and it's made by Bioware, yep. who are very famous for excellent RPGs. Uh, you know, I would say in their earlier years, I would say they they still are, but they kind of lost the touch a little bit throughout. Um, Dragon Age One, very successful. Mm-hmm. Mass Effect One, very successful. Mass Effect Two, very successful. Mass Effect Three is kind of where the tripping happened. Dragon Age Two tripping. Dragon Age Three, they kind of got their footing again. People liked it, yeah, but. It's been a little tumultuous with them since Mass Effect three and Dragon Age one and or sorry two and three and then Mass Effect Andromeda. Ooh, I don't know about it or why people hate it, but people just straight up hated it. This is not even worth mentioning. And then Anthem, poor Anthem. I had such high hopes for Iron Man game. Basically, for people that don't know Anthem, it, it was like a a shared world game where you basically were in these like suits, like these Iron Man like suits and. It, it's like Destiny, I guess. It Destiny like. It's, it's a Destiny like for sure. Except you have cool Iron Man suits, and the game looks really nice. But apparently, it was super grindy. It was really repetitive, and there was like no end game. People were like, "Okay, so now what do I do?" Destiny has a lot of grind to it, a lot of repetition, but the end game is usually worth it. It's really, really good. Anthem just didn't meet that expectation, which is very important in a grindy game. And I guess they're working on it. Apparently, I think. Anthem is supposed to have like a whole new rebirth, yeah, kind of like yeah. no, no Man's Sky. Every every game with the working on it, new rebirth. Why do we have to do this every <laughs> single time, developers? Like, can we just get the game and be good? No, it's it's the future. We don't have to do that anymore. We can just put it out and be like, "Oops, here's a patch." Oops, sorry, here's a, here's a painting, but it's only we only sketched it out. We'll actually add the paint later on. Thanks for the money, though. Yeah, yeah. So back to the real news. Um, Bioware is remastering. Uh, the original trilogy of Mass Effect, which is super exciting for me because I wasn't really on board with the whole Mass Effect trend until like the third game. And at that point, I was like, I don't really want to go back and play the first game. It's kind of clunky at this point. Um, but everyone always talks about how amazing these games are. They they really are. I mean, they they're it's very easy to invest in the characters in the game. They're very well done, a la Bioware style. Yes. It's it's a worthwhile series for sure. Um, Bio Bioware again kind of tripped up with Mass Effect Three. It has a very infamous ending, and if most people probably if most people know about it, I think even who haven't played the game. And if you don't, and I'm not going to spoil it for you, mm-hmm. but it's very infamous for a reason, and it's not good. So I'm not sure if they're going to clean that up at all. Probably not. They probably have to stay pretty true to the storyline. Basically what people called the ending, and this is spoiler free, but they call it the RGB ending, which means that the ending basically had a different color filter applied to it, depending on what you chose. Oh, interesting. That was it. Hmm. So it's infamous for a reason, and we can all hope that maybe they clean that up a little bit, but I think too little too late in that regard. Dang. Well, uh, it's still a great series, though. Mass Effect 1 is really good. I played through that game. I really, really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Mass Effect 2 was good. I just didn't finish it, but it was still an enjoyable game. That's everyone's favorite one is Mass and Effect it's 2. And it's one of the best ones. So what they're doing with this remaster, though, is they're obviously increasing the graphics. They're upping it down up to 4K and 60 FPS, I believe. Uh, I didn't read anything about 60 FPS, but it's definitely going to be 4K Ultra HD and uh, HDR compatible, Swell. which okay. is really nice if you have HDR. And it's they're also going to tweak the game a little bit. This is where a little bit of the controversy has been coming from, mostly in a good way. Uh, most people have been positive towards this, but they're 
removing some of the more questionable cutscenes from the game and adjusting them and changing them and basically updating them. The the camera angles specifically with a few cutscenes. So specifically, if you want to get down to it, I, I recall these cutscenes with Miranda. She's one of the characters you encounter in the game, and she's a very important character and a very fun character, a character you want to interact with and one of the romantic interests in the game. Mm-hmm. And the game originally, I, I believe this, this cutscene went like this. You speak to her, there's some kind of mention about her, her body, and then the camera follows suit and goes and go, give, gives a nice, a nice, very healthy shot of her ass. <laughs> so it's, of course. it's definitely questionable in that sense. It's not, it's not a very appropriate thing, and a lot of people are okay with this change. There are, of course, the small crowd who are not okay with this change because they want that sweet Miranda ass, but I think we can all agree that as quote-unquote adulting it's the better option to have miranda be respected in her ass yeah i was gonna say it's pretty um pretty standard nowadays to actually uh respect people's bodies and unlike witcher one yeah with the conquest cards you want to explain that (laughs) uh i i I don't even know if i should explain that basically if you played witcher one there was it was it's cd project red They're, they're still doing these things in cyberpunk 2077 but basically in Witcher 1, we all know Geralt is very infamous for with the ladies. If you haven't played all the Witcher games, you've only played Witcher 3 as most people have. In the previous Witcher games, you you would go around, especially in Witcher 1, and, and encounter basically random women. Women who weren't really important to the storyline. And you basically, I, I call them this, you basically got conquest cards. Mind you, I have not played Witcher 1 for a long time, so I'm pulling this from the memory of, a, I think, a 14-year-old. <laughs> but I vividly recall, at least, you know, the, the watermiller's daughter. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even remember if she had a name, but this is, I think this is the first one you get in the game. And you meet her, and she's like, Oh, Geralt, do you want to go up to the loft and, you know, hanky-panky around? You know, play hide the pickle? And he's, he's, like, he's like, oh, yeah. And then you, he doesn't talk like that. But th- then you go up, and you... Play hide the pickle. You hide the pickle successfully, and you get the watermiller's daughter conquest card. <laughs> it's like they're like collectibles. I that that is what I remember. Oh I, I remember God. them being basically collectibles, and yeah, um, it's a very Geralt thing to do. It's very it's it's of his character and his character's beloved now. But Witcher wasn't a really huge series mm-hmm. until I mean the second game was when it was starting to gain more traction. Then the third game came out, and after it successfully was updated and playable. That's when Witcher exploded. But Witcher, a lot of people have not played Witcher 1. Witcher 1 is kind of one of those games that went under the radar. It's still a really fun game. It's actually very reminiscent of Dragon Age 1. Mm-hmm. It has a very similar dialogue system. The combat's better than Dragon Age 1, I, I think, but it's very similar. It's a very similar game. Um, and honestly, if, if anyone wants to go back to an old game, I'd say play it. Because it, even with its questionable attitudes, it's still very good. And you touched on something, uh, something that Mass Effect is really known for are, um, well, characters, obviously, we talked yep. about that a little yep. bit, but the dialogue options. And Bioware is really, really good about this. They give you tons of different paths you can go. So you can choose to be, you know, a good person, a bad person. Uh, dialogue options is something that's extremely integral in the system. And you can upgrade skills, which give you more options. True. And uh, there's also lots of romantic possibilities as well. Bioware is well known for their romantic options, especially. That is one of their key selling points in their games. I remember that in Dragon Age, yes. This goes with Dragon Age to 
obviously Mass Effect. Mm -hmm. And it is everyone's favorite part in the game because everyone loves their soap operas. When you can play a soap opera in a video game, yeah, you're going to love it even more, especially when it's a space opera. Mm -hmm. Because we all, everyone who has watched Star Trek had the whole thing of like, oh, the women, the space women. Of course, I'm speaking from like the 1960s, 70s perspective of, (laughs) of the space babes. But that was a big part of it. And Mass Effect basically fulfilled that need for people. And it was, it was, it's fun. It's a, it's, it's, Mass Effect does a good job of it and Dragon Age does. Bioware is very good at this. But one of the things they did lose a little bit with their later games, Mass Effect 3, Dragon Age 2, is their dialogue options were dumbed down significantly. Oh, I remember you mentioned that. Yeah, it used to be a lot. I remember in Dragon Age 1, it was, it was almost 2D. That was like, oh my God, there's so many options. That was the hard part for people was the dialogue options were so deep and you could do so much there was so much variation and so much detail in the dialogue alone even for small characters yeah and it was great i i personally loved it it was like reading a book that would change dynamically as you read it it was really cool one thing they did i think in the newer games is they put little symbols next to the dialogue options so you were aware like oh, this has two cross swords, which means this is aggressive. And this yep. one has a laughing face. So that means it's a, you know. They a, they dumbed it down to a degree, but in a way they also streamlined it, which is not always a bad thing. But in my opinion, it wasn't a good thing either. They also did this to Fallout 4. So when Fallout 4 rolled around, the dialogue system was also revamped and it was made, it was basically Bioware-like. Mm-hmm. They... In a, in a, in a, got the same infamous reaction that Bioware got with Mass Effect 3 and Dragon Age 2, which is none of the dialogue options really matter. They don't do anything. If, if, if you go up to someone and you say on something aggressive, well, guess what? You're still basically going to end the same way. You're going to be saying yes to the quest regardless. Mm-hmm. You might just be able to you know squ- ring out a little bit more money, but that's about it. There was a game I played recently that had the same situation where you could you can pick an option. Oh, it was Valhalla. Okay. Yeah, it was Assassin's Creed Valhalla, where, like, some of them mattered, but at the end of the day, the quest still ended exactly the same. Yeah. Like, you can be the good guy, but this person still ends up dying. It's just, you get a couple different dialogue things. Sounds about right. Ultimately, it's the same thing. Um, I personally kind of like the symbols next to the thing, so I'm 100% sure, because I remember in Dragon Age 1, I think it was, the dialogue option... The, the text never matched the actual audio. So it would be like... Yeah. It would be like... Uh, well, in Dragon Age 1, it was actually pretty close. Was it? It was pretty close. I, I'm going to give it the benefit of saying it was pretty close. Maybe it was an, an older or a, a later, newer Dragon Age where I selected something that was like semi-aggressive sounding. Yeah. And then my character was like super mean to him. I'm like, I, that's not <laughs> what I meant to say. Oh my God, I didn't know that was so aggressive. And then they just like, the character was all upset with me i'm like oh my gosh this sounded a lot more mild than my character came off what that reminds me of is actually fallout 4 and mm-hmm. the later mass effects and dragon age is it like, like fallout 4 is just a great example so i'm going to use that is you would you go up to a person you have three options usually three one is like kind of neutral sort of but then you basically have yes or no yeah or you know yes i love you or no go you know eat shit mm-hmm. and the yes will basically be like, oh, it will, it, it'll say in the dialogue thing, it'll say like, yes, I want to do this because, or like, you know, oh, oh, I think this, this is like the sun is bright today. And then your character says something completely different. They don't yeah. even mention the sun. They don't even mention yes. They just say like, 
oh, my baby did this, and my baby was a bouncing boy, and oh, you kind of looked like my baby at the age of one, and you know, oh, my, my mother was a, you know, whore, and so is yours. I, I mean, whatever, your character will say something completely off the wall, and you're like, that was not remotely what I was intending at all. I know. I There were times I wish I could re... re uh... Re, uh, God, what's the word? Hence, save scumming. Yeah, exactly. You would have to save before every interaction because you're like, I'm afraid I'm going to say the you wrong thing. You have no goddamn or... idea what's going to happen. And <laughs> and that, and, and uh, you know, the game still works, but it makes role-playing RPG games very difficult because if you're role-playing your character, you don't necessarily want them to talk like a, like a, like a little baby like you don't want them to be super nice you don't want just because you're a good person doesn't mean you're going up to everybody and sugarcoating every word and feeding mm-hmm. them on a silver spoon and it depends what the game's doing too because sometimes games have dialogue options where you just pick the option and your character doesn't actually have a voice so that way you never worry about that but and, and that's a lot of people actually prefer that because yeah. that gives you the internal voice that your character has yeah so you're you're saying the options but you're Kind of in the way that Fallout 4 does it, you're saying something different in your head. Yeah. So you're role-playing the character in your head, and your character is acting according to your role-play. Yeah, the text options are always very brief, and then you select it, and then your character goes on some longer sentence. A, a good example like, oh of God. that is actually the Fable series. Fable series, your character never spoke. That's true. And you actually role-played your character through actions instead of dialogue. Oh, yeah. So you would come up to a, all the characters around you spoke and acted out the scenes, basically, but you would react and progress the scenes by acting physically. Mm-hmm. And that physically could either be chopping their head off, pushing them, or, or something that involved the situation. And that would basically be you role-playing, and your character's voice would be in your head, if, if so you did. Yeah, I remember you used to do actions to, like, get responses. Like, yeah. you could show off your trophy head and everyone would start clapping for you. Yeah. And that would get you, like, certain points up. You could do the heroic thing. Ha ha. Yeah, you do the, different poses and, the, and everyone would start clapping. For you. <laughs> Fable was a great series. That was a smart way to do it. Until number three, but it was a great series. Yeah. Number three added a voice. Your character spoke in number oh, three. I forgot and, about that. So number three doesn't exist to me because my character never, ever, ever had a voice that ever <laughs> sounded like the ones they gave you in that game ever I, that's all i'm gonna say about that because fable 3 I, I don't care if john cleese is in it his character was great sure i won that i beat that game i played through it i it doesn't exist to me that's always a bummer i remember i felt that way with the jack and daxter games because the very first game only mm-hmm. daxter has a voice mm-hmm. but in the second game jack gets a voice and it's like this really just cringy sounding like bad boy kind of voice i'm like oh man that's not what i imagined to have you're gonna get beat up if you keep on talking that way (laughs) (laughs) you want me to show you how to play i was just disappointed because there's certain mascots where you just like just never talk Uh, well it's kind of like i I don't maybe i'm misremembering but crash bandicoot never speaks right no he doesn't speak. yeah i mean he's just like whoa as you fall off a cliff and like whoa like that's that's him that's his character he's got like one liner uh what do you call those things? Uh, Basically reactive like, sounds. Yeah, reactive sounds. There's a technical English word I can't think of right and, now. And it, I, I just, it's it's a very classical thing. I mean, but then you, of course, you had characters like Gex, who made comments throughout the entire game. You'd be playing the game and he would make commentary to, you know, towards the movie, the Titanic, or something weird because his character was quippy. Mm-hmm. And that was his character and it worked well. But sometimes in RPGs, no, not that Jack and Dexter is an RPG, but sometimes mm-hmm. in those types of games, it's nice to have a character that doesn't necessarily speak for you. 
I always like games that have companions that do all the talking. Yeah. Like Jack and Daxter was perfect. You just have Daxter who's the comedy to relief and he's making comments throughout the whole game about what you're doing, what enemies are doing, all the story, and you're just a silent character that doesn't talk. And, and that's a good reason why Dragon Age 1 especially was very effective because the dialogue was so deep that your character could your character was incredibly intricate in that game. The way you made them, the way you interacted with the world and the companions, your companions would react very I, I want to say it, would, it was very intricate how they would react to your to what you would do mm-hmm. you could do evil things and you'd have alistair who was a little bit bit whiny but he was he was basically the good guy character the good warrior character mm-hmm. and you could just shock him you could basically cause him to basically go into shock because you would do such horrible things i remember my friend casey was playing and she hated alistair i mean she, she was just one of those people who thought he was just I, I, she hated him you can say what you want but like i i thought he was fine but she hated him uh-huh. and she what she did with her character was she led him on she strung him along and then she got him to the point where he was finally like ready to give himself to her she was she was playing a female character obviously and then she just grabbed his heart and she crushed it into dust in front of his eyes <laughs> and she uh, that's just what she wanted to do and that's what her character did and it, you could do that you, you could string him along all this time and even at the last second you could basically just rip him apart. Like, it didn't remove that option just because you were being nice to him. Mm-hmm. And that that's the intricacy that a lot of games don't really have now. Yeah, typically you, you pick a path and you kind of have to keep going along with it. It's it's black and white. Yeah. It's very black and white, which is another great series. But in, in this case, not not a good thing when you're trying to role play. Was Mass Effect uh, as intricate as Dragon Age was as far as relationships go like companion was there as many companions in Mass Effect as there are in Dragon Age I would say they're comparable yeah and it's it's the same where you create a party and uh, the people that you bring along with you change the story and they react to what you do yeah okay so it's about Uh, the same I would say it's comparable yeah because that's really crazy because I remember stressing in Dragon Age because I was trying to get more of a roster than I could fit on my party and there were so many times you where I'm basically like, have to choose. Yeah, you have to choose, and it's 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 so deep that even the companions that you choose, um, depending on who you pair them with in your party, exactly yeah. bring different story world things. Yeah. I'm like, oh my yeah. gosh, I have to have this person with this person because they work together and they get along. And you will literally have different side quests in the game. You will be able to access different areas potentially depending on who you have with you at that specific moment in time when you go to that specific area. Yeah, or if those two have built up a relationship long yep. enough, depending on how long they've been in the party together. It's it's wild, and part of me likes that, and part of me hates that, because I get really stressed about having too many options. If you don't overthink it, and you just let the story play out, it's it's a beautiful thing, honestly. Yeah. It's, it's basically like reading a book, and it's really nice, because you don't feel cheated, you don't feel like there's not enough, and it's good. I guess that's the best way to play it, is just like go with my gut reaction and it, no matter what you're going to finish the game and it's going to have a cool story it's basically regardless. it means role playing you you pick the 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 character of your, who your character is and you play that role mm-hmm. and that's why people love these games so much yeah. that's why people loved and still love bioware yeah um the what's cool is that there is a mass effect 4 coming out and uh they they've barely done anything all they did re- was release a tiny little teaser mhm didn't make any sense to me because I've never played the games, but everyone who watched it shit their pants based on what they were seeing. We're very curious because Mass Effect 3's ending was an, an ending, so to speak. So that's so. that's what I've heard is that they're speculating of what they're seeing. People who they saw are like, this person, this person, this person. But um, so all 
we really know about it so far is that uh, Bioware has put together a veteran team that's working on this. So, so this is all very exciting news mm-hmm. because the best role-playing game we've seen of this of the Bioware old Bioware quality has been Outer Worlds. And not even that's the top of the tops. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited to see another, a potentially another good role-playing game that doesn't feel like like the fat has been cut off too much. I agree. And I haven't played many space sci-fi RPGs. It's almost always like medieval times. If you don't want to jump into Mass Effect, I would at least do Outer Worlds. That's a shorter game too. It's 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 a singular game, so you don't have to play a bunch of games. And it's... Yeah. It's really good quality. It, it has the same deep dialogue that like the earlier Fallout's had. Mm-hmm. It's not the same level as Dragon Age One, but it's it's worth it. Well, hopefully, if I can get through my backlog quick enough, then I'll. Again, I don't want to buy any more games until I'm through with the backlog, which I'm slowly chipping away I, at. I totally understand that, Garrett. And that's a, a that's a very appreciable thing. Uh, and like just knowing that Outer Worlds is on Game Pass, and Game Pass is so cheap. It's like, oh, I have access to all these games for so yep. cheap, but I don't need them. Yep. The good news is is um, there's not many big games coming out. Like, I think May is... I, I think there's, like, a couple things coming out May, in, including this trilogy. But, like, until then, there's not really anything big. We're having, in compared to past months, we're having a nice little lull. Oh, my and gosh. And that's... I, that's kind of a nice thing because we can all play the games that we've been fattened up on right now. Seriously, like the second half of 2020, we just got dumped on with so many big games. It's been it wild, like... and and now that gives that gives a lot of things to to kind of roll and mole and allow us to enjoy them. Which yeah. I'm, I, as you can hear, Garrett and I are very okay with. Yeah, I'm happy to chip through my backlog, even though. You just mentioned, now that we mentioned the games in the second half of 2020, I don't own any of those games. And those are all games that are worth playing, like Ghost of Tsushima. Like, that was Game of the Year qualifier. Um, Last of Us Part Two. I haven't gotten. Final Fantasy VII Remake, I, I'm i probably not going to go. I, As someone who really likes Final Fantasy VII, I'm... I'm kind of okay with not playing the remake right now. Yeah. Eventually, I'm go- I'll get there eventually, but I'm I'm kind of done with Final Fantasy right now, so I'm not playing Final Fantasy games. So I, I I'm good waiting. I'm just excited for 16. Ooh. After I I put um I put so much time into Final Fantasy 15. I think oh yeah, this is kind of random, but PlayStation did this like year wrap up thing where it just shows you how many hours you played this year, what your top games were. Oh yeah, were. I saw you post that. Yeah, I post a little thing about that. Um. I think my top three games were Final Fantasy fifteen. I put the most into that game. I was actually is that the one with the little like blue haired prince boy. No, that's the uh, that's the the like the bro road trip one. Oh, I, it's I, I don't know which one that is. Which one is that? The Final Fantasy. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's just like the newest game. The last Final Fantasy I played was ten and a half. Oh no, yeah. I haven't. I I stopped playing Final Fantasies in the 2000s. I, I, I was a big fan of them, but I just stopped. You play as Noctis, and you, you go on a road trip with your bros, basically. They're like your bodyguards. I, yeah, I've seen enough gameplay of it to, to know it's very bro-y. It's, it was a lot of fun. I loved it. It was one of those... I was a little skeptical at but first. But that's not 15. This is 15. That That's 15. Final that, that Fantasy game. 15, yeah. Is the bro trip. Yep. Okay, okay. Yeah, 16 is going to be the newest one. All they did was do like a little... Sizzle reel of like like a one minute sizzle teaser. reel. I like that. <laughs> I love that word. I like that. Okay, <laughs> it's an official term. I remember I was on, I went on this website and they had like oh it was the Star Wars website. I don't know why I was on that, but 
they have like a whole section of like sizzle reel, sizzle reel, sizzle reel. I'm like, I that's, can't believe this is an actual term. That in is industry. very, that's very cute. I like that. That's a very cute. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. Um, so you were telling me a little bit about uh, a new game you played before we started recording. You want to talk about that a bit? Yeah. Uh, so if you've been on Steam, this I don't think it ever made it to the front page of Steam. It's it's not a huge game. It's by an indie developer who I believe has only made this game. It's called Keep Out, and it is by Weaver Interactive. Which it's it's a very it's a game that's very reminiscent of Little Nightmares. Mm-hmm. A little bit of what is that inside? Inside Limbo. Inside in Limbo it has a little yeah. bit of those two. Um, Limbo with a kind of your character is very small in the world. Inside, kind of the story, I guess you can the compare it to the storyline. The way you were describing it, yeah. it sounded very inside. And Little Nightmares is kind of similar to Limbo, where your character is very small and very helpless in this world. Mm-hmm. So keep out is a horror platformer puzzle game. The horror part, I, I'm kind of, I, I don't want to talk badly about this game, but it it really didn't strike me that much. I was expecting a little bit more from it because the previews, the demo were very highly rated and very good. But the game itself just kind of plays out in a way that didn't quite take me where I thought it would. Hmm. But it's, so you, you your main character is the, king of toys i think is loosely described as he's a little king toy character that looks like i mean he basically looks like a little log of wood with a crown on a little nutcracker I, I guess kind of a nutcracker he has a little mustache that's kind of his thing is his mustache i guess of course he, he like has he it? has zero p- personality honestly if he wiggles his mustache that would be personality <laughs> he does he has zero personality he has zero anything in the game he's just this toy thing okay you start off, you you have to get past a bird, and you just go into this this world. It's very dystopian. It's not post-apocalyptic from what I could tell, but again, the game gives you next to nothing to go from, so how would I know? But it seems very dystopian and not post-apocalyptic. And you have to make it to this world the size of a toy. You're roughly, I would guess, three to four inches tall. So you're tiny then, okay. You're pretty damn small. So um, insects are probably going to be the same size as you? You would think so, but honestly, a lot of the scale in the game is a little inconsistent so may I, I might even put you at six inches tall let's say let's say six inches okay you're about the size of one of those silly figurines people collect what are they called the ones that are really simplistic looking i have no idea the, the what are they called the pog no um the pop, little pog champs the pop the pop figures <laughs> oh funko pops funko pops you you you're basically the equivalent of a funko pop okay so you're about the exact same size i would estimate so you go through this world, the game is notable for its quote-unquote jump scare deaths. And sure, they're, they're kind of scary, they're, they, they kind of make you startle, but I wouldn't, I'm not going to give them any Five Nights at Freddy's stuff, like they're, they're pretty basic. Mm-hmm. Do you see them coming? You basically see them coming. Okay. Like you're, you're standing somewhere and you see a box in the foreground, I'm sorry, the background, and there's like an eye peering through it and you're like, okay, something's going to pop out. And sure enough, yeah. a monkey crawling on its back with symbols clamps its symbols over you and kills you. Your character just explodes because why would the death be any more specific than that? <laughs> and there's a bunch of other ones that are similar. There's a rat. He scuttles over really quickly, grabs you and just chomps on you for three seconds before the screen goes black. Mm-hmm. Honestly, this game, I feel like would have really benefited from more gruesome deaths. I know you're a toy, but I feel like if your character had a more visceral bodily reaction to the death like the the rat grabs you and does something more dramatic 
when you there's a lot of spike traps in the game and as soon as you touch a spike trap you just kind of pop so are you like a wooden toy i i think you're like i think you're wood but I, honestly it could be plastic i i don't know they should have made you like of like a stuffed animal so when you get ripped up like the fluff goes everywhere that, or something but that was very effective in a game like fur fighters used that used the fluff was basically blood and it was very effective in the mm-hmm. game but in this game again you, you touch the spike traps you you kind of pop like your character's head pops off and you, you're not really affected by the spikes as much as your character just ceases to exist okay and i feel like it, the spike traps being the most common way to kill you in the game would have been very effective if you have got skewered in more gruesome ways mm-hmm I just I feel like that would have been more cinematic. The graphics in the game on that note tend to be very basic. There were a lot of reviews on the game that said these are the best graphics I've ever seen. And I'm sorry, but unless you're blind, <laughs> I, I, I don't know how these are the best graphics you've ever seen. You have obviously not seen much at all. You, maybe you've never opened your eyes in the real world because these graphics are at best very normal. They're average. For 2021. For a 2021 game. And mm-hmm. this is an indie developer, so I'm going to give them the full leeway. I was going to say, they are indie, so if the, this is their first game. It, the, not the, graphics, the graphics are perfectly acceptable for what it is, but I'm not going to give them any accolades for saying they're the best I've ever seen. They okay. are very basic. They work well for the game, and that's it. The game has a lot of graphical glitches, though. And you can easily break the game with these glitches. Like, oh. There's a scene where a dog chases you, and this was in the demo. This was a very... This is a very advertised scene, and it's it's very good. In the game, it's very good. It's very in, indicative of your size and your scale and your place in the world. So the dog follows you through some series of pipes, and then it you get onto a road, and the dog rushes on the road to get you. And if you just stand still and let the dog run up to you without moving, the dog will run up to you, stop, and then the car that's supposed to hit the dog will not hit the dog. Oh. And it just it, you still die. Because you're you're in the way technically, but like you see that nothing actually happens in that scene because it's supposed to happen behind you off screen. Oh. So it's very easy to break the immersion of the game by doing very simple things, to be perfectly honest. Interesting. And there's a lot of scenes in the game where you're running and you can see something in the background approaching, and if you move slightly weirdly, you can completely break the interaction. And it's Again, it's an indie game. The I think the team has maybe ten or maybe even seven employees. Like it's, I'm not gonna expect the moon from them, but yeah, I, the game was a, it just it wasn't quite it wasn't scary, and the platforming. This is a an, a puzzle platformer. Mm-hmm. The platforming was very basic. Um, a lot of the time, your character didn't make jumps successfully because they just felt very sporadic. They they weren't the platforming wasn't clever. It wasn't satisfying. You would jump somewhere and go, okay, I made that. Then just instantly rush to the next jump. Then you wouldn't make that one. You get, you get killed. Speaking on that matter, the game basically prides itself on gotcha moments. Quote unquote gotcha moments, which translates to something off screen that you had no way of seeing kills you immediately. So you basically have to then reload and then successfully pass it because now you're aware of it. Oh, I see. Yeah, I think... Limbo and Inside had things like that, okay. where it's it's like a puzzle, and you get to a point, and suddenly something happens. It's like, oh well, now I know to avoid this, and the only way you could have found out is by having it happen. It's it's a gotcha. It's like literally part of the game. You have and to die at that point. In my opinion, it's that's an effective tool in some very small amounts, mm-hmm. but in this game, it's it's basically every 
one to two minutes, you're getting a gotcha. Oh, okay. And you can be successfully traversing the environment. You know, you're you don't have to be a skilled player, but you're doing it very well. And then you 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 come to a jump that you can't see the bottom of. You jump off, and there's just a spike trap at the bottom, and you realize that you had to slightly position your character to the left. Of course. Or you walk behind some obstructing scenery and you get spiked instantly and it's just it's kind of like you're like really like really how many of these am i going to encounter in the span of the game so this mind you the span of this game is about two hours long okay and any any skilled player can about finish this game in two hours and that's perfectly acceptable there's there's nothing wrong with the duration of the game Mm -hmm. it's it's a platformer it's a small platformer by a small indie game company so two hours is okay but the it's just the gameplay. It the puzzles are pretty subpar as well. It, they tend to involve rolling big metal balls that make no sense in the environment. Like why are there metal balls laying around here? Why is the environment frankly trashed half the time in a place that's still being inhabited? Question mark. I don't know. Yeah, how many environments do you go through? You I'd say you traverse probably at least five different like solid environments. You go from like outside to kind of like a rural area. To some interiors of a shop, then you go to the sewers. You leave the sewers and you go to I want to I want to call it like an underground area. Then you get on a truck. The truck drives you from another area, and it takes you basically to a. Well, don't spoil if it's. It it it, it takes you it takes you to a new area. It takes you to some other areas. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of that's in the preview video. So you, I mean, you're you're not going to get too spoiled with that, and it's. The environments are, are the environments are good. The, the graphics look nice enough that the environments look nice, and it's and there's a lot of interesting things happening in the background. I feel like there could be. I feel like the game could have benefited a little bit from like some kind of secret collectibles because mm-hmm. there's some points in the game where you can get to an area that you really aren't supposed to go to, and there's like stuff there, but you can't interact with it. So I feel like it would have been kind of nice to have like a little bit of a reward system to kind of say like, oh hey, you found this. It doesn't have to affect the gameplay, but. It would have been kind of an extra thing to give the game replayability potentially. Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of true. I'm pretty sure. Again, I keep bringing these up because it sounds so similar. It, it is inside and limbo. Uh, I think more inside. I remember I finished a game and it like shows you how many of the things that you completed. I think, or I was looking at the achievements and I'm like, what? There was all this stuff here hidden somewhere. I found maybe like one or two things. But yeah, it's for replay- replayability, the so you g- can play through again and the actually game has find none. these things. The game has none of that. Yeah. And again, in, in the gotcha moments and some of the enemies, like there's a particular type of enemy who's basically like a black pop Funko figure, and they chase you around, and they are just incredibly difficult to get around, and they kill you as soon as they remotely touch you. And they those were probably my least favorite parts of the game, because they are very common, and they're just it's not it's not they're not a fun mechanic in my opinion and so all that aside the story the story felt very um the story was interesting at first you start off the game you don't really know what's going on you you kind of get this like little brief movie that plays before you start that shows like a toy running away from a guy in a hazmat suit then the guy in the hazmat suit kind of you know damages the toy in the toy but the story still technically escapes Mm -hmm. so you're like oh what's going on are the toys possessed and the people are trying to take care of them is there something happening what's happening and the story kind of has that going on for probably the first half of it then it starts to slowly bleed into other territory and by the end of it it's the story goes completely 1970s depressing weird off the wall nonsensical 
like Westworld, Logan's Run sci-fi. It, it's it's just it it ends and you're just like what? And not in a good way, right? Like I, a satisfying I I mean, way. I, I wasn't satisfied. I got to the ending and you know I was enjoying the game enough to get to the ending, so I was playing it. Yeah. And I just I got to the ending and I was like that. What? <laughs> I, I, Come again? What? Sometimes, I was going to say, sometimes games have really big twists where you're like, whoa, did not see that coming. And it makes, it's almost like the defining moment of the game. But in this one, it was just like, huh? The game, it had like a little, I wouldn't call them big twists, but there were some like little ones going on as you got through the last area. Mm-hmm. And then you get to the ending and you're just kind of left going, what? Like, like you know, the, the, you know, you, you might as well shoot yourself and, you know, blow your brains out. And then the chick pulls off her face and it's like, wow, 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 wow. And then it turns black. It's, it was. Is that a Family Guy reference? That's a Family Guy reference. <laughs> the family Guy that, That's the Family Guy 1970s sci-fi movie reference. It's, it, it was bizarre. It was, it was just bizarre. And I, 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 if I were to give this game a number out of 10, I would give it a, probably a four or five. Really? It's an indie game. Wow, those poor I, indie I, It's an indie game. I get that it's... They worked so hard on that. that was I, I get what they're going for, but... <laughs> I And I don't feel cheated. The price, I think, was $15, maybe $19. Hmm. I, I honestly don't feel cheated, but I really feel like this could have been better done. That's fair. I and, mean... And it, I'm, not, I'm not saying, like, oh, I can do better. I'm I'm that guy. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying this from a, a consumer perspective. I feel like this game had the potential to be really good and it just, it was derivative and it was not successful in really any of the aspects it did. Yeah, just because it's someone's first game doesn't mean it isn't worth real criticism. I mean, how are you going to grow yeah. without real criticism? And so I'm actually curious now that you talk about this, I kind of want to go look up reviews of this yeah. and see. I, I don't think big outlets are going to be oh, reviewing no. this. This game is not on the top of the charts anywhere, but it was, yeah. I, I became aware of it because a, a YouTuber I enjoy, she played it and... She didn't play through the whole game. She played through maybe 10 minutes of it. Mm-hmm. And it, it piqued my interest. I was like, this kind of looks cool. It has a very interesting story. It reminds me of Little Nightmares. Mm-hmm. So I gave it a try. And I I enjoyed it. But I I honestly think they could have been more effective with it. Did you play Little Nightmares? The first? I played a hot minute of it. Okay. Because Little Nightmares 2 just came out, I think. I, I really want to play the series after seeing the second one. I, I have seen key moments from the second one. And Little Nightmares is basically playing through the darkest version of Spirited Away you can possibly imagine. And I want to do that. And that that's that's on my list. That's on my list. You know me. what? Maybe that should be our next spoiler cast. Hey, dude. Because yeah. it's it, those games are short. If it's yeah. anything like Lemo and Inside, which it is, it's just scarier and darker. Um, yeah, that's the thing where you can just play it and get through it in one binge yeah. on, on a weekend. You totally. Know I mean? I, I'm, I'm down for that. That would be a good idea, actually, because yeah. it's on PS5. I can play it on there. Ooh, okay. So this is a little exception. I know I just talked about not buying any new games, but if it's, if it's something that I can finish in a night... I still need to do Hollow Knight, dude. And we got Hollow Knight to do. That's yeah. that's longer than a one-nighter, though. Yeah. I think some people could probably pull it off, but for me, it's one of those games where... And I'm like this with most Metroidvania kind of games, where I get like I get tired because it's... The, the new areas are interesting, but I, I'm kind of someone who has this weird... Um, I can't play games for super long if they're a certain kind of game. True. Um, so like Metroidvanias where there's like new areas, for me, my brain is like, new area? This means it's time to stop, save, and come back 
later or tomorrow. Tune in next time. Yeah. I'm very episodic with my games, and uh, especially games that literally have episodes, like Uncharted. Um, I-, I might get through a chapter or two and then call it a night. Yeah. Or some people can just binge through it. Um, but one game that I, I have been playing... Oh, yeah, yeah. You, and you, I did, you mentioned. I promised this on the last episode. I said, I'm going to try to get through Spider-Man over the next week. I tried. I really did. How, how far are you through it now? I got 64% of the way through the campaign. Damn. And I thought this game was shorter, to be honest. I thought I was literally going to be able to binge this. Um, I think I was thinking too much of Miles Morales. So the, okay. the new one, because it's, it's its own full game, but it's not like a full full game is it really it's is miles morales not that long it, i mean it's it, again you you know you paid like 20 bucks for a two-hour game apparently you can you can finish this game in like 10 hours oh, okay. okay so that's that's fair enough. that's fair, fair enough. i mean like a 10-hour game that's when you think about it i i haven't even put in 10 hours in this spider-man game so again um and i've been having a ton of fun with it like uh, it's it's one of these weird things. I mentioned this when I was getting the PS5. I'm not sure what game I want to get first. Like literally everyone, their mom was getting Miles Morales because it was like, oh the, yeah, it was the highlight game for a good reason. Yeah. But for me, I was like, yeah, but it's it's just another Spider-Man game. Like I, I played the Spider-Man game. It was fun. But you know, like I said, I went back into this new one. I started from scratch because it doesn't save your save or anything because mm-hmm. it's technically a new game. It's a remaster of the 2018 version. Yeah. And like. I'm having a blast and okay. I, I was saying like I usually have those moments where I just I have to stop and but this game I just keep playing because it's so good and it's so it doesn't feel episodic because you you do these campaign missions and then at, at the very end of it it just kind of spits you right back out into the city and it it's just like time just keeps going on you I'm know still I mean? pretty disappointed you can't like you can pick up mailboxes and things and throw them at people, and they just do nothing. Okay, so yeah, you can't hurt any of the civilians. You can swing around mailboxes in the middle of Times Every, Square. Everyone's like, whoa, Spider-Man, but you can't... And they duck out of the way, and they run, and stuff like that. They, they, no, it just passes through them like they're not... Well, it literally passes through them, yeah. I mean, they react, but no one is getting hurt. You can't get in trouble for even hurting them. There's plenty of bad guys to beat up, but it's, yeah. it is a very friendly game in that aspect. But, man, God, this... This game is just so good. And I kept thinking, I'm pretty sure, yeah, this came out in 2018, which means... This was a big deal when it came out, too. I remember the announcement videos for it. I, I have not played this game except for 10 minutes when Garrett handed me the controller. Yeah. But I remember it was a big deal seeing the announcements. And it's a shame that it came out in the same year as God of War. Yeah. Because this game is seriously, easily, like, game of the year worthy. And okay. it only lost, I'm pretty sure it only lost because God of War is just a masterpiece. It's it's one of those you know Oscar the Oscar bait. <laughs> yeah. The, well, no one really expected it to be until it came out because you know the previous God of War games were just beat up like slayed millions of monsters. QTE beat them up. Yeah, and this game totally flipped the script and it blew everyone's mind. But Spider Man, the game is so freaking gorgeous, especially this remaster with PS5 and stuff like that. There's three modes you can play on. You can play on fidelity, which keeps it at 30 FPS, but it's like all the visual upgrades are up. So you got ray all tracing. All post-processing. It's all super beautiful. Um, then you can do performance mode, which is like locked 60 FPS. It, it The graphics are still good, but you can definitely see like they bumped it down. There's no ray tracing. But that smoothness, you can't it was, beat it. It was super smooth. And then what they added to this remaster was called performance RT. So performance ray tracing. Oh. So you get to play at 60 FPS, 
and then it adds in ray tracing and it does you know it does its magic where it it messes with the resolution or whatever just to make it so you it stays at 60 fps and man that it's been so fun is that what you've been playing on i've been playing on that one performance rt yeah yeah, performance rt because i the 60 fps is just too buttery smooth like, you can't let it go. It's it makes the fighting so much easier. Only if you're going to take more pics of like of you know Peter Parker like I, shuffling I, down a mountain. I, I've taken some funny videos and some. <laughs> I'm gonna post this one. There's there's a lot of this seems to be a thing in video games where your character just apparently has this Bluetooth in his ear all the time where people are calling him constantly <laughs> and he has time to talk to any cyberpunk. Yeah, cyberpunk where people are constantly calling you off the hook. Hey, Nico, you want to go bowling? Hey, cousin. And so everyone apparently has your phone number, too. Because you, like, meet random side quest people, and then they're calling you. Like, how the heck did you get this Spider-Man's number? Oh, lovely. Um, But he was, like, in the middle of a conversation, and I'm, like, in in the middle of a battle. And then he's talking about, like, oh, yeah, I'll definitely be there. It's his first day. I'm definitely going to be there. And then, like, I get killed by this guy, and I'm just, like, lying on the the ground dead. (laughs) And, like, Aunt May is like, oh, I can't wait to see you. <laughs> I'm just like, like, oh Peter, you're the light of my life. I like, can't wait to see you. Like Peter's still talking, he's just laying on the dead on, on dead on the ground, limp. And I was just like, this is. I had to take a video, so I'm I'm trying to. I don't know why I'm having so much trouble with this, but I'm trying to get these videos on to Twitter so I can share it or whatever. Please do. I really want to see that one especially. I, I'm trying to. Anything involving Aunt May is just hilarious Hilarious to me. So it's easy for me to just upload a video, but I, I want to save these videos so I can use them for like actual posts and stuff like that. Totally. But to, for me to do that, I have to like save it on my console, put it on USB drive, put it to my computer, and then my trouble is trying to get this video onto my iPhone. And I... You can't post it through your computer? I, I, no. Instagram doesn't have a, a web. Oh, your computer, your computer doesn't do Bluetooth either. Yeah, so... Mine does. And, like, I'm trying to get it on my iPhone. And so I, like, put it on, like, Google Drive so I could download it from my phone. And I download it, and then it goes to, like, my files on my phone. It vanishes? And it's just, like, there's no video. It oh. just shows, like, a screen, and it says, like, Spider-Man, blah, 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 dot, M, you know, MP4 or whatever. I'm like, okay, where's the video? I can't. You, you might need to. Yeah, it might need to be a specific. It might need to reformat file type. It. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. anyways, that's a lot of crap to go through. I was trying to like go through all this trouble to make a fun post. I really want to see. Episode. Aunt, I want to really want to see Aunt May. Just I can't wait to see you as he's like passing away. <laughs> it was so funny. I had to video it. Um, okay. Anyways, so my favorite thing about this game is the the storytelling with it. Insomniac does a really really good job with this because um they it makes references to like all the older games so in in this game peter parker is a lab assistant um for dr octavius oh i wonder who dr octavius is like that, that's probably such his character so interesting like he's, he's he, there's no way he's gonna turn to a villain or anything he's definitely not doc Ock. with a name like dr octavius like that, <laughs> that is so not an intro to a villain so in this game uh you know, Peter Parker's graduated college. Um, he's very, very smart in chemistry and, you know, biotech, everything. He's just a genius. That doesn't sound like Tobey Maguire. It is. There's only Tobey Maguire. <laughs> but he he references that he's been um, a photographer for Daily Bugle. J.J. Um, Jameson has his own podcast. Now, he's not a part of Daily Bugle anymore. He's, like, a, an award-winning journalist. And now he just runs this, like, Rush Limbaugh-like podcast where he just badmouths spider-man constantly 
and you get to listen. Does he to, have the same voice? No, he has a, he has a Jay Jameson voice, a very similar voice. Yeah, the same Jay Jameson. That, 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 that's important. That, that's very important. It's ex- ex- and exactly. The laugh. <laughs> the laugh. <laughs> he's just he's crazy. Um, so yeah, it makes references to like him being a pizza delivery guy, which that was a thing in Spider Man Two, the game. I think like there was many games where you like deliver pizzas as Spider Man. I like that. It I was like a that. lot of fun. But all the all the villains, they have really good backstories like they're not just like dr octavius i'm a bad guy so i'm bad it's like something had happened to them or they're being forced to do something or this or this or this and you know there's like norman um osborne he hasn't turned into green goblin yet but i i it may be inevitable i'm only halfway through this game does he look like william defoe no not really he who's that woman that looked like william defoe on the (laughs) <laughs> Who was she? I forgot. Oh, we were yeah, we were watching. <laughs> oh, it was Cobra Kai. It was Cobra Kai. It was it was Allie. Allie's like new. <laughs> so current day Allie from Karate Kid. From Karate Kid, her now her current she looks like William Defoe basically. That's and, kind of a side note there, but it was really funny because we were watching. If you haven't watched Cobra Kai, it's a really goofy, fun, like modern day Cobra Kai all grown up. I mean, as most of you know, I'm extremely mean to everything I watch and play, and I like Cobra Kai. It's it's it is fun. I do agree, but Allie looked like William Defoe. <laughs> like she had the eyebrows, she had that weirdly set jaw. Like she looked the like smile. she looked like she yeah she had that like that smile that made you uneasy instead of like at ease. She looked like she was gonna hop on the board and go Green Goblin on everyone. <laughs> So no Green Goblin yet. Uh, again, <laughs> so what's interesting is in this game, um, Dr. Octavius and Norman Osborn, they were lab partners in college. Okay. And so they actually, Oscorp... Wait, is, Norman Osborn is your age? No. Norman Osborn is uh, Harry Osborn. Oh, oh, I'm I'm sorry. Yeah. You said Dr. Octavius. I was thinking Spider... Yeah, go, yeah. go on. Go on. So Harry Osborn, he's in this game, but he's off in Europe studying or something like that, of course. He's off screen. So he's off screen, but he has... There's side missions that involve him. He calls. He's like, "Yo, Peter, you want to go? Like, you know, pick up this for me and he's got, send it." He's got these research stations around town, and he left like apparently he left little recordings for Peter Parker to listen to if he ever decided to show up. That to is these such things. an odd thing to do. And it, I mean, they're fun, but it's, <laughs> I mean, it's just very odd in real life. Go, go on. But apparently, yeah, those two. The reason it's called Oscorp is because both their last names started with O, and oh. so in college they call them the O's. And so O's Corp, Oz Corp. Oh, that's just like Wozniak. Everyone called him the Woz. Exactly. That's what my uncle called him. <laughs> and um, so they had their differences. You know, Doc Ock took a settlement and left. Started his own thing. Didn't get him that far. So he has to go on grants and blah, 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 blah. Oh, he's bitter. And so he's bitter. And of course that leads to his He's bitter. Demise. He's so bitter that he grows like eight arms out of his back. and just goes full Ock. So I want to I talk about how... He gets into a bad person, but I don't want to spoil it for anyone. It's it's not just like I'm angry with the world. It's something that happens, and it's it's, it's juicy. It's very cool. Okay. I'll, I'll tell you off screen, but um, uh, it's like it was like ooh, this is such a good reason for him is, to be is that, bad. Is that like the last thing that happened? That's the last thing that happened oh, when I played. Oh, you're sixty percent in, and that just happened. That just happened. Yeah. Damn. So, so there's a lot of stuff in between. There's a lot of stuff in between, and there's a lot of bad guys. Like okay. I was expecting, like one or two main bad guys in this game, and I've already encountered like. Three or four. Of what them. are some of the more notable ones you've encountered? Um, okay, so the very first one is uh, 
Wilson Fisk. Okay. Straight off the bat. Classic Fisk. It's Wilson yeah. Fisk, and basically you send him to jail. So he's in the Supermax jail, and because of that, Wilson Fisk is one of those really interesting characters to me, and if you watch Daredevil, you kind of got an idea of this. Where oh, yeah. He loves New York. He, he actually really, really loves New York, and he thinks he's cleansing the city by doing what he's doing. So in this one, he's like, I'm in jail. Everyone else is going to go crazy now. Like, all the bad guys are going to come out because I controlled the city. And that's exactly what happens. Is like all the bad guys come out of the woodwork because you got the kingpin in jail. He's not, is he still like a Hulk in the game? He is. He's a giant Hulk, and he's extremely strong Ooh. and bald. And, and bald. And he has a lot of money. Bald, bald, bald. There's even like a, ooh, you would like this part. You you go to like this auction because he's in jail. And so he has like these auctions of all these artifacts. And ooh, so it's like. You're speaking my language I now. I know. We're talking like. <laughs> so it was just, it made me think of you with your past jobs and stuff. Um, I don't know. I'm just really enjoying this story. And it's to the point where I just want to keep playing and keep playing and keep playing. And so this is one of those very, very few games where I have a day off. And I wake up and I just hop on the PlayStation because I just want to keep playing. It's been it's very hard for me to do that because I have to mentally prepare myself for what I'm getting myself into. It's like, okay, I'm playing The Last of Us. Like, I'm going to have this long, moody story that's very, very slow burn. I'm playing The Last of Us. And you start... <laughs> <All the clickers. laughs> and then I just turn it off because I'm so annoyed. That's what literally what happened with the first game. I'm like these these stupid clicker stupid clicker puzzles where I have to like maneuver through them and clicker not get caught. Puzzles. I was annoyed because it's like <laughs> you can either get through it silently and save all your materials, or you make one screw up and you end up spending all your ammo killing all these clickers. And it's like God, I, I hope I don't have to run into more. Because if I do, then I have to do it the all stealthy these way. Boys, they all want to get you. Seriously. Anyways, Spider Man. Um, super fun. Sixty four percent of the way through the campaign. The remaster comes with all three of the DLCs. Sweet. So I have all three of the DLCs to get through. Sweet. Which is cool because they're all characters I haven't met yet. Oh, they're all villains. They're all villains. Cool. Cool. Yeah, technically, yeah. And uh, yeah, and all the collectibles are fun too. This is one of those few games where the collectibles aren't overwhelming. And all of them are things you actually want to do. So, like, one of them, you you know, Peter Parker was a photographer for the Daily Bugle. And so there's this thing where you you uh, take pictures of landmarks. And uh, I forgot the reasoning behind why you're doing this. There's, like, another reason why you're doing this. But, yeah, you, there was basically landmarks around. And there's little icons um, that display it on your mini-map so you know what it is. And every time you take a picture of it, he has, like, some kind of story about it. You know, and it's cool because there's little, there's like real New York stuff because it is New York. So there's like, you know, all the bridges, all the big buildings. Totally. But then there's also like the Avengers building in there. Oh yeah. They added that in. Yeah. Avengers buildings there. You got all the, all the fake stuff. And if you, if you like a lot of MCU things, like for me, I really like Daredevil, the Netflix series. Um, you find Daredevil's canceled corpse like in an alley somewhere. Yeah, you, you find his can. <laughs> Rest in peace to that. Just, just with like Netflix's bullet in his forehead. <laughs> There's. I actually have a story to that too. After ooh, this. Ooh, okay. Um, but yeah, you get to go through Hell's Kitchen, and so you all the little things are places that have to do with Daredevil. So like. You know, there's like the pub that they go to in the Dude, show. That's cool. There's their their agency. You're in their law agency. Sweet. There's all the places that are involved with it. The gym that where he trains at. Okay. Like his dad's gym or whatever. Yeah. It's just all really cool little Easter egg stuff where it's just fun. Like I, I'm legitimately excited to go. What find about all Luke things. Cage? There might be some. I haven't been. Um, that's up in Harlem. 
And Harlem is one of the last places you go. Ooh, it's like the cool. one section I haven't gone cool. to yet. Cool, okay. So I guarantee there's Luke Cage stuff in there. I guarantee there's Jessica Jones stuff in there. You can only hope you never meet Iron Fist, because what a lame character. Uh, what Was he... I mean, I think he's in Chinatown, right? I'm assuming. I mean, you know, of course, you know, Dot of the Dragon, you know, yeah. I collect rent. That's but... the thing, is he he's renting that space from the... The Dada. <laughs> the Dada of the Dragon. <laughs> you, you promised me five years rent. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that was. There, there's I like a lot that show. to this world. There's a lot to this world. So I'm just gonna tangent on that because I literally just read about this. Okay. So the new Spider-Man movie, Spider-Man like three. Ooh. Um. Apparently, it's supposed to be the most ambitious one yet. Okay. And from what I've read, is, is that this another Tom Holland one? It is. Okay. So it's the third Tom Holland one. Great. And I think because of the way the MCU is going, it's getting very multiversey because okay. of Doctor Strange's thing going on. Um. Apparently, there's supposed to be multiple Spider-Mans. Okay. Like, literally, Tobey Maguire is going to be in this oh, movie. Oh, yes. Okay. And the other guy. I don't, I don't who's, know. Who's the other guy? Spider-Man 2 guy. I don't uh, he, he Or Spider-Man 3, he, he doesn't exist. Oh, wait, no. There's literally... I forget how there's many three, franchises. There's three Tobey Maguire movies. Three Tobey Maguire movies, and then there's, there's the other two, Spider-Man. There's two of those, Two I think. of the other ones. And then now there's three Tom Hollands. Yeah. Okay. And there is a very, very small chance or rumor that Daredevil may be coming into this world so jessica jones and daredevil were my favorite netflix series in the mcu agreed i mean luke cage was too i'm what am i saying i, I like luke cage, luke cage had great villains luke cage jessica jones and of course daredevil iron fist doesn't count iron fist does not count the only characters in that show that were good were the brother i don't remember his name and the the other evil guy yeah basically the bad characters were good i'm sorry iron fist was the lamest guy ever Iron Fist was necessary for the story. He was necessary, but he was so incredibly lame. It, it was it was like when you're reading Game of Thrones and you're like, I really want to get past this character so I can get to one I actually care about. <laughs> and then they then they released the Defenders where they're all together. Oh, which was my God. The was Defenders. Okay. The Defenders was hard to watch, dude. It wasn't the best. Yeah, um, and it's canceled now. Oh yeah, so the news about that—they're all canceled. So they were canceled because. Disney owns Marvel, yep. and Disney has Disney Plus now. Yep. And so Netflix basically has to give it over. Is, is there news? Like, is is that are they announcing anything? No, but oh. the, so, I'd love to see some Luke Cage, and I especially love to see Jessica Jones. I love Jessica Jones. So I think that the theory is is that Netflix doesn't have any more, so Disney has full rights, and so now that they can start putting them, dripping them into the movies now. I'm I'm digging that. So I'm, I don't, I'm okay with that. I don't think it's going to be canon with what happened in the Netflix series. I don't know what they're going to do with that. I kind of actually, I'm okay with that because the last season of Jessica Jones with like, it's Patsy getting her own stupid story. I, I'm okay with that. I would be okay with it too. The story was kind of interesting. They were dealing with like the, the silver hand, I think is what they were called. It was like those the assassin. Oh, the ones that unfurled like, like tapestries in the ceiling. I think so. <laughs> I forgot how that. I, oh, no, I'm, honestly, I'm, thinking, of, of I'm thinking of green arrow. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> that's a different, that's a different universe. Sorry. <laughs> They did. They were mystical. I mean, like they they're not doing human things. So they're I, basically the same bad guys, but yeah, just in different universes. Yeah. So back to Spider Man. Um, I will have it finished by next episode because I'm just I'm coming home after work and just playing this game every day. Good. Hopefully, I get through the DLCs too. The DLCs are supposed to be pretty short, so I think they're like one nighters. You know, you get through it in like an hour or two. Okay. Super excited. I mean, this is one of those games where, like I said. I'm hesitant to play it because I'm like, it's just another superhero game. But then you forget just how freaking fun it is to just 
swing through the city. I mean, this is a game that has fast traveling, and I never use it because I'm having fun just swinging through the city. That right there is a great example for a game. Yeah. To have fast travel that is never needed to be used because it's so goddamn fun to play the game. And that's the thing is you you want to swing through the city because on your way to the objective, there's things going on like, you know, you, you have the dispatch radio. And it's like, we got a robbery, this, 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 and this. And so you just see it on your mini map. It's like, well, it's just 200 yards this way. I'll just go do this really quick. And you're checking off, you know, things on the to-do list. Are, are those things actually like legitimately fun? They're, I mean, you know, they're just classic like robbery beat em up. And yeah, there's, yeah. there's like side challenges, like, you know, hit five enemies with objects or web things five enemies to the wall and you get bonus tokens so am i correct in this game that the enemies don't die like you don't kill enemies you just web them to the wall right yeah you just web okay. them to the wall they either get unconscious and if you throw them off buildings then they web they web safe, to the side safely. of the wall okay yeah. apparently every time he pushes them off buildings he also puts a little device on them that webs them to the side of the building uh, hopefully none of those malfunction because heaven forbid i was gonna say i've launched people off of skyscrapers like god and... forbid one of those <laughs> devices malfunction or he forgets then he would be a murderer so I'll go through the the menus a little bit. Um, there's skill trees. They're very minimal, but they do make a big difference in the game. So there's uh, there's three trees. There's innovator, uh, defender, and web slinger. And so innovator basically upgrades your gadgets and stuff that you can create. Um, defender just makes you have more stronger moves. Okay. And then web slinger upgrades your your traversal. So oh. it makes it so you know you can do extra web slings you can swing faster you know what i mean does that like significantly improve it, it too it makes it so much better like that okay. was the one i put in first because there's there's swinging and then there's like zip lining and you zip lining so you, you on your web no so oh oh so like when you're not swinging and you're just flying through the air you can use like this zip and it like shoots you forward and so you can do this thing it's like think of it like a double jump okay where you can unlock this one where you can do it twice so i can zip and then zip again. So that makes it so when I'm in areas where I can't attach my web to any buildings, I can still keep going. Otherwise, if you don't, if you can't get to anything, you just fall to the ground. You got to start over. So there's little things like that and like boosts. So where you can like, oh, one of them, my favorite that I just unlocked is very crackdown like where you can hold the jump button Ooh. and it charges up. And then you just launch in the air Ooh, really far. Just like Jessica Jones controlled falling. Exactly. And then, <laughs> and then you can also do the one where if you're running while you're doing it, you just have this really strong jump, like running jump. And it's just so satisfying to do that like after a battle and just... Uh, it's, that, that sounds pretty it's sick. It's just really, really That's fun. Cool. And it reminded me of Crackdown. That's cool. That's red. Um, so, and then, yeah, gadgets. You, you basically use the tokens from the mini games to create new gadgets and upgrade them. There's a bunch of different suits, and each suit has a new ability, and you can use any suit you want, but once you unlock the suit, you can use that that ability on any other suit. Ooh. So it's it's cool. So you can look however you want and use whatever. There's a lot of diversity and dynamic. There's like literally like 40 suits in the game. Sheesh. And they're like all from comic books, movies, just silly things, and they're all really cool. Okay. Like, like there's, this, there's this suit, and it's in like an armored kind of suit. Where you get like these, oh, I think it's in the movie where he gets like these, um, like almost Doc Ock spider legs. I think it's the suit that uh, Iron Man makes for him. Okay. Yeah, he has like these spider legs and they like attack as you're fighting. It's They're just really cool. That's... There's like a zero gravity one where you can turn it on when it's powered up and you like, you float through the air longer. It's just, it just makes the game so much fun. But um, anyways, yeah, I'll, I'll digress. Um, it's such a fun game. Like this is, I understand why they focus on Miles Morales because... 
this is the kind of game where you purchase a PlayStation to experience this. Like, if I didn't have a PlayStation and I played this at a friend's house, I would want to go literally buy a PlayStation just to experience this game because they did so well with it. That's a pretty damn good recommendation right there, Gary. And I cannot wait to play Miles Morales because it's just going to be even better. Miles Morales looks so good. I'm looks so good. As someone who has really no experience playing Spider-Man games, I, they're pretty they're pretty damn cool. And side note, he is in the original game, the 2018 game, as like a side character. Is he? He is. Oh, I didn't know that. He's actually okay. in the game. So that's why it makes sense that he gets his own game. Sweet. And I, I, I would keep talking about this, but we should wrap this show up. Um, yeah. Do you have anything else to say? Hey, I, I'm pretty stoked about Spider-Man. That's all I can say. And I'm also pretty damn stoked about the MCU now that, now that we've all talked about that. I know. And thank you for getting me Spider-Man for Christmas. That was... Hey. Hell of a gift right there, because it's been one of the most fun games I've played in a long time. I, I knew you'd like it. Oh, God, I'm so excited to go home and play it more. <laughs> <laughs> so excited to get the hell out of here. So, yeah, thank you again for listening. Remember, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at PodOutOfMana. You can also send us an email at PodOutOfMana at gmail.com. And then, Ben, we're on YouTube, right? We are also on YouTube, Out of Mana. And you can Google us, and we should be some of the first responses you find. It's... Very, very good. Yeah, I'm very excited that we're now becoming the first option in most of our places. I am as well. Whether it's YouTube, Google, or podcast platforms. So yeah, check us out. Um, give please, us a follow. Please follow us or leave us a comment. And we would love to hear from you guys, as usual. For sure. So until then, we'll catch you next time when you need to fill up on mana.